You're listening to Say Yes to Travel with your host, Sarah Dandeshi. Welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to Travel, the coronavirus pandemic edition. And what I have... We're doing a little bit of a shift now, and we are, I'm going to be tapping into a lot of my industry contacts around the world, because as we now go through this phase of recovery and reopening, it's really interesting to see what's happening just around the world. So I'm really excited because today's guest is a dear friend of mine. He is... He's a legend. You might not say he's a legend, but I'm going to say that he's a legend. Uh, Mr. Don Moody. You even got a mister. Don Moody, who is <laughs> head concierge at the Banff, Fairmont Banff um, in Canada. And he is also president of Lay Claydor Canada. Don, my buddy, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Wow. A legend. I have, uh, I have to learn some stuff now. Wow. <laughs> You That's pretty good. impressive. Was you, that twenty dollars I owe you? Yeah, I think Canadian so. transfer, right? Okay, good. Okay, sure. By the way, that's um U.S. dollars, not Canadian dollars. Oh, okay. oh ouch, ouch! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so wrong, so wrong. Oh my god, crazy. Well, it's so, actually good. It's good for our American visitors to come up, right? This is true. This is true. So, um, I am so glad to have you here today, and I think that this is great because uh, you've got a really well. First of all. You just have a fantastic outlook on things, and you are, you 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 are a leader. And I I love how we've had so many conversations, but I just love how your perspective on things, and especially what's interesting. And, I'm, and again, I'm thanking you for taking the time because I know that your property just opened, and so yes. I want to go ahead and and find out from you like what it's, what it's been like, what it's like now, what you're kind of seeing in the future. So with that, mm-hmm. what, what yeah. has the pandemic experience been like in Banff? Um, I think when we, the pandemic started, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it was really ruthless. Like it, it's shut everything down. Banff was pretty quiet for the last few months. It's a small mountain resort town. And so they, uh, businesses, like pretty much everything was shut up and, you know, all the doors shut down and, and closed and such and so it was a pretty quiet place and april was still like we're in the mountains so a lot of winter weather and such so we felt like maybe we were being locked in because of the weather but really it was because of COVID 19 and so i think um during that time people just you know tried to rally together as well in canada we did a lot of um connecting our members look at our members together so we had what's wrap groups in our different regions so people can connect and have some kind of social engagement we did, uh, we started doing Zoom calls, you know, monthly and such, and uh, having those video chats just so people can see each other. And some really neat stories and stuff came out of those, and, and you could really tell. And so, and then for those like myself that have children, we're now teachers, we're homeschooling. And so, it actually, there wasn't a lot of time. You're pretty busy all day with homeschooling, or for me being president of Look Our Canada, connecting across the country. And, and the country, you just want to make sure that people are you know, are connected and that they're doing well. And I think, uh, you know, for tourism, it was a total shutdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you remember back to the global recession, 08, 09, that was much more gradual. Mm-hmm. And where tourism might go, well, this was an amputation. <laughs> this was a clear cut, like amputation, tourism's done. And it was yeah. really the first industry to get hit the hardest. And so 
you know, and airlines are shut down, like all these different things, you know, so really for, for tourism, you know, it was important to be engaged. It's important to have our members engaged and, and, and really to not think of what the future is because, you know, the future at that time, no one knew and no one could understand. So for the first couple of months, I think people found ways to keep themselves occupied and enjoy their time and, and to do that, which is important, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, again, I think I actually, I haven't heard anybody describe it as an amputation, but I think that is by far yeah. the best way to describe it because it was so quick yeah. and it's like, oh my gosh. And, and I, and it was, you know, panic, not only panic for like what's happening now, what's happening in two weeks, what's happening in four, how long, what is it? Mm-hmm. And because we don't know the runway of this, we don't know how long it will take. And with all that uncertainty, I mean, everybody's so nervous. Um, so with the, and you kind of touched on a bit of this and I love that you shared this, but I mean, to maybe elaborate a little bit more, what helpful things did you do while the hotel was closed? Mm-hmm. You know, I think, um, you know, one thing I'll say because it's an amputation, it, um, it gave clarity. Like it's in a way like before it was a global recession, it's so long to go. So now you just had to start over. You had to find a way to live and engage. And so for us, there's stages. I mean, there's it was wonderful to spend time with family. And I think, you know, when we engaged with our membership, you know, I feel really fortunate. And if you really think about it, there's no other tour, tourism organization in the world that has been as connected as Leclador, whether it's international educational webs, webinars or Zoom calls, or we have a president WhatsApp, WhatsApp group in the country. So the sharing of information has been phenomenal. And you won't find a group that are, in essence, frontline employees that are that engaged and that you know aware of keeping involved and together. And so I think... It was important to have those things. It was important to find things in your home. Like my wife and I, we bought like some fitness equipment, like boxing gloves and yeah. couldn't find a dumbbell to save your life. But you know, I, I use my kids as exercise equipment. They love it still. Like they're like, that's hilarious, dad, like lifting it up. And so it became playtime, having time with family. But I also think it was important to acknowledge the struggle that, that you know, of mental health, you know, and I think that's why it was important to keep people and for me as president, I, I literally felt like I needed to connect with everyone. Like I wanted to make sure no one was left behind, you know, and that everyone had someone they're connected with because a lot of our members are single. They don't have two awesome kids at home and an awesome wife. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So that yeah. be connected was so important. And so I found myself, uh, you know, extremely busy actually and, and almost wishing to go back to work, you know, a little bit less to do. But it was so important to do that. But I also think to go back to mental health, it was important to have real conversations and not just to say, how are you doing today? But to say, how are you feeling today? Mm-hmm. You know, and to have those important conversations with my own kids. One of my oldest son, he had his seventh birthday, you know, and when you're in the middle of April and you have a birthday, there's no one coming. We talked to him about it before and we did as much as we could. We had friends outside, you know, singing happy birthday to him from the ballot, like he's on his balcony and talking to him, but he couldn't play with them. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> and, tricky. Oh, yeah. It's so tricky. So, and I just want to share, like I just choked up for some, but that night when he went to bed and he was super happy that day and he's a super positive kid. But that night when he was getting ready for bed, he was in the bathroom with my wife and he sat on his toilet and he cried. And he cried because he couldn't see his friends and he had a great day and he was super happy. But it made me realize like how important it is. We don't just say how you're doing, but we ask questions and more questions. 
And so the next day, if it's okay to share, I, I sat down with both my sons, my three-year-old's probably doing the hardest because he doesn't understand no. why he can't see his best friend, Harvey. He can't understand why he doesn't get to see his little buddies at daycare and stuff. He doesn't understand what coronavirus is. The kid can yeah. say it and stuff. But I made a list. I sat with them and I said, I want to show you this, but I hope it shows up. But we made a list and we said, what? And we call it, what do we hate about coronavirus? And just to be, get the raw emotion out, right? And so for these kids, they got to sit there and write out what they didn't like about it and what they hate. And it became simple. Like for him, like I can't see Harvey. And I remember holding my son in my lap and he's telling me this and his lips starts to quiver. It's actually super cute, right? Breaks your heart a little bit, but it's super cute. And he starts to cry a little bit. Yeah, and but it's but it was so important to have that and to say it's okay to be sad. It's okay to let express how you're feeling. Because, you know, especially when you're that young, you don't know. And I think for us, it's important to be honest and say, like, this is this is tough. And and, and I think for some people to say, like, today is the best I can do, you know. And yeah. uh, and I think and that was important, you know. So, and you know, you so I think a valid point. Sorry to. Yeah, no, please. But um, you bring up such a valid point because, I mean, obviously you're talking about it with your kids and. You know, I think that there's a little bit of a there's they're less inhibited to share their feelings. It's great that you can talk to them and they'll open up to you. But, you know, as adults, adults have a harder mm-hmm. time with that, you know, because they don't want to show mm-hmm. their weakness or their, their I mean, there's layers <laughs> there's a, to and to unpack that. It's, it's oh, really yeah. deep. And I know myself, I, I definitely had times that I would super struggle until I was like, OK, well, what's my purpose and how can I give back? And as soon as I was able to figure out how mm-hmm. to give back. I was able to, in essence, step into my leadership role, mm-hmm. pull up my pants and be mm-hmm. like, okay, let's do this. Like, you know, and, and it was so much, it, it, that, that was how it got me through, you know, it's just finding that, mm-hmm. that purpose. Um, but I do, I think it's important that you mentioned the mental health aspect because mm-hmm. it's, it's heavy. It's a lot. It is yeah. a lot. Um, I want to ask you, okay, so. Your hotel is open again. I, as it's only mm-hmm. been a couple of days, it hasn't been very long. So, what has that process been like? Um, we opened the hotel June first, and so um, it was. It, I mean, think my hotel is 140 years old, and so Canada, we're not as old as like a European country. But I mean, this hotel is part of our na- the nation's fabric, and so you know, honestly, to be part of an opening team, and that's how you look at it, is we're part of the opening team of the historic Fairmont Band Spring as well the last people to do that aren't alive anymore. So, you know, like it's just, it was a great thing to be part of. I think we had 23 check-ins that day, 50 guests in the hotel, you know, so we have 10 restaurants, we have a massive spa, like 30,000 square foot spa, you know, and, and like 10 restaurants, like all those things are closed, you know, yeah. and it was interesting on that day, we do temperature checks at the door. People wear face masks. Like we have one entrance that we're only using. So like, this is crazy. So you're actually doing temperature checks. How are the guests responding to that? Like, like guests are pretty good. Like, I think the guests get it. Like, they're not. I think we had one guest that wasn't super happy. Actually, the temperature check, he didn't mind. We've asked guests to wear masks in the hotel. Okay. And, and then think, some are a little bit about iffy about yeah, that. Yeah. And so we had one guest that didn't like it too much. But I mean, overall, like, you know, guests are, you know, I think guests are comfortable with that. Guests want to get out of their home. People come to our hotel are so excited to get out. They don't care that there's only one restaurant open and yeah. and the pub's now open and we have a stock during the day for like these great sandwiches, but they're like, I'll go to the room, room or they'll just have in-room dining, you know? Yeah. And so, 
And how are you doing your in-room dining? Are you guys doing in-room dining? Like, is it packaged to go or is it just normal in-room dining just in their room? Yeah, like what it is is, you know, for one thing, for example, just to go, like it's every question, there's like 10 answers, right? So to yeah. give you an example, in-room dining is a great one. So there's no in-room dining menus in the, in the rooms anymore. So when okay. you check in as part of your key packet, you know, you get a menu, a small disposable menu that's with your key packet. It's obviously reduced, right? There's no touch points in rooms. So things that would stay in a room that are there for the next guest just aren't there anymore, right? So like bathrobes and slippers are requested. So to focus on in-room dining, like just something like a menu, you're given when you check in. And so wow. when you order in-room dining, you you uh, you order this food, limited menu, it's there, and they'll deliver it right to your room, but they're not going to come in the room. So they'll pass okay. it to you at the door is what they're doing. So and they have everything covered. There's nothing that's like exposed. It's all covered up, you know, and such, but they're not going to come in the room. And yeah. um, when you're done and you just leave it outside or, you know, we, get, we won't go in the rooms. Like they that, won't go in the room. No. That's amazing. So, okay. So, and just to bring people that are, are tuning in, like up to speed, uh, I know that, and I wanted to touch on it earlier. So we were talking about Lake Clay Door. And so Don Mooney and I are part of the international organization of professional hotel concierge, so-called Lake Clay Door. I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about it, but, and Don Mooney is the president of Canada. So just to kind of give you the Canadian section, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. to give everybody a bit of reference. So that, that I wanted to address, but quick thing, Don. Okay. So this is, I find it. So I just stayed at a hotel two nights ago um, for, oh, my, nice. for my birthday. And it, for me, I was like so excited that A, I wasn't staying at my house, but B, I'm like, okay, so I have to wear a mask and I wanted to see all the safety precautions. So, you know, there's signage everywhere reminding people to stay six feet apart. Mm-hmm. Always have to wear your mask. You have to wear your mask to even talk to somebody at the front desk. Definitely minimal touch points. Mm-hmm. Um, weren't that many people certainly there. And then in that particular case, all room service was all the food there was prepared to go. So that was that type of hotel. It, it was a bit more of a casual, more of like a three-star hotel versus mm-hmm. what your property is, which is a magnificent castle in the <laughs> hill. Uh, <laughs> let's be real. So um, I know you touched on it, but can you like, so if you're like listing all the things that are like the differences, like what, how would you say like the guest experiences, like in a nutshell, just to be like, okay, when you come in, there's going to be, you have to wear a mask. There's going to be minimal contact at the front desk, housekeeping. Can you like give us like, yeah, like just like from arrival? Day? Yeah. Like from arrival, no valet car service. Right. And that's going to be pretty standard across the board. You know, having employees go into someone else's car, not going to happen, right? So they'll take luggage. We disinfect the luggage. We have a little cool thing that says afterwards, it's all been disinfected. Front desk, they're behind a plexiglass screen, which is happening. You have your key packet, face masks on by everyone walking through the hotels. So that's happening. Um, elevators are signs about limiting how many people in the elevators as you go up to your room. Mm-hmm. Um, our building, our, our hotel is huge, but we have sections of hotels that are totally closed. We space out our floors. So we have nine floors in the main building. So the guest room floors are spaced out. Checking rooms in, they're spaced out. So there's not like a bunch of people staying all right beside each other, right? And the next thing too is, you know, when you look at cleaning the room, they'll have it all prepped and ready, clean, disinfected, like all these great things. And I'd say hotels always had great standards, but this is like next level, right? So 
and hotels have always done a really good job and they've always been pushed on that. Uh, but this is next level. The other thing when a guest checks out, the room isn't used for another at least 48 hours. So you have rooms that are sitting there empty that which before, like that's against the fabric of hotel, like sell that room, you know? So these rooms are staying empty. And so all these things are put in place for safety, temperature checks, all of these different things are there to help, you know, virtual concierge. I've been doing a lot of virtual concierge work, you know, by phone, I've noticed guests don't want to talk at the desk, like mm-hmm. calling the room, texting is a big thing, emailing, whatever you can do. And just with cell phones, everyone has one. So, you know, it's very much a virtual concierge service. So, but I think in those ways, like even going to the restaurant, there's 50% seating capacity. Um, they've actually just in Alberta, our government um, opened up some rules. So you can be full, like, you know, fully or more than 50 people, but you still have to have that six feet rule in place. So if you're a smaller restaurant, it's not going to help you. But uh, all those things are placed disposable menus in restaurants. So you're not yeah. getting like this really nice fancy leather menu. It's disposable. You know, yeah. all those things are there, right? So. And it's um, interesting that you say that the disposable element, because that does get me thinking it's, Obviously, prior to this, we've been so focused on being green and sustainable oh, yeah. and sure, from our masks to everything that we're keeping disposed. Mm-hmm. It's certainly, it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And we're in a national park. So for us to be, uh, you know, green is we've won awards for it. And so it's really important part of who we are. But I think this just shows people's health where, you know, what leads and that's people's health and and wellness, right? So it's definitely got to be a lead on that. So absolutely. So how would you? Um, like, oh wait. So what type of guests are checking in? I mean, like, in general, you are le- you have leisure guests. I mean, that's the majority of yeah. Your it's all leisure. There's no group business. I mean, yeah. group business is toast. It's not happening right now. Like weddings are, you know. So the first day we opened, I had uh, one hotel asked me to get a like a little local celebrity guest. So I worked on that. and got someone to come in, and so we had. Uh, He's in the hockey business We're in Canada, so hockey's an easy event. So we had Kelly Rudy come in. He's on TV and, you know, you know, pretty serious broadcaster and stuff and Canadian television. So we had come in to be our first guest. But, uh, you know, for other guests, like, first day I had a guest arrive who was there on their honeymoon. They got married Saturday. And so they didn't plan on having, like, this happen to their honeymoon or their wedding. No. But they came in, and first question is he wants to know, where can I, there's a five diamond restaurant near our hotel that he wanted to go have like a seven course wine tasting. It's not going to happen, mm-hmm. but they're not even open at this time. And so I think for, uh, you know, for someone like that, it's where the concerts are so important, you 100%. know, because we can creatively look at solutions and, and different things like that. So, you know, able to, we were able to create him a wine tasting menu and I was able to put that together for him. And, and he texted me when he left, he sent me the nicest note. He's like, this is one of my best days ever. And, and I think that's important to remember, like, there's, what do you mean? There's no spa, there's no pools. There's, we only had one restaurant. Like, what do you mean is your best day ever? Well, it was this honeymoon. You don't want someone's honeymoon to be an asterisk beside and say, well, it was okay because of COVID-19. You, you want it to be memorable. It's their honeymoon. Like you only do it once, I think, you know, so or you try to at least, right? So, <laughs> exactly. You know? But that's a great point. And I know we were on a, on a big zoom call the other day and you, you kind of had mentioned this and this is, and which will kind of lead into my next question, but um, the, 
like, as you said, there's certain amenities that we're just, people are not going to have access to. But the fact that he was still able to say that was like one of my best stays yeah. ever just goes to show you how you're able to make a difference. And it's the personal touch that it's, even if you can't deliver on mm-hmm. maybe the specific request because of, I don't know, a pandemic that's happening. <laughs> a little thing. Just a little thing. But uh, even though you might not be able to deliver on a specific request, the creativity in how you go about offering an alternative, that's where the memories are made. And you oh. sort of touched on that the other day. Yeah, I think, you know, what I was talking about is just, I want to go back to leadership in a sense. I feel like yeah. leadership isn't a title. Leadership is your choice you make, right? And so there's always people have leadership titles, but they can be a manager or a leader. And I think there's a big difference. And I think, you know, for those that maybe work throughout this, I think it's been hard for them. They've been down. They had to say goodbye to everyone. They're left in empty buildings. But I think it's time to, sh- to, to shake off the chains of COVID and, and say, okay, we got this. Like, we can rebuild tourism. And it takes positivity. It takes energy. You have to be enthusiastic. You can't ride this wave with like, well, I guess we'll see what happens. You have to make it happen. And yeah. I think when I really think of luxury travel like that, those guests wanted to come have a great honeymoon. They wanted to make a great memory. And I think that's what our job is. I really believe that we're kind of in a space race of like luxury tourism. And it is a space race. We have to figure out how to get to the moon. We have to figure out how to get our guests to the stars. We have to figure out how to take them to that next level of experience that is a wow. Because it's easy to say, sorry, this is closed or that's not happening. But that's not good enough. And I think we need creativity and we need solution and problem solving to create great experiences. I'm about to plan my fourth private dinner. We're now taking a hotel room and turning it into a private dining room, you know, for guests. And so... We're not going to fill our hotels. Let's take a great review, turn it into a private dining room. And so all these things, you know, are there for us to do that. And yeah, it's not, and it's harder in some ways because before you just pick up the phone and, oh, I'll book you in there. No problem. But now you have to kind of recreate and and think outside the box in those experiences, which is really important. So, but it's exciting. Like I'm super energized. I love, I I can tell, you know, because I've spoken to you over the past couple of weeks and I could just hear Uh, the enthusiasm. And, you know, you bring up a, a point that, and you had talked about it the other day. Uh, so for those that, whether they're concierge or, you know, we also have people that are, are listening that are um, or watching that are hoteliers or even in the travel industry, how do you stay relevant at a time like this? Um, like for, I think, I think what's important is if you really think about it, what's the thing that we've not had the last few months and it's connecting with people. And so I think the most relevant thing is how can we connect? And, you know, I've connected with people the last few weeks over the phone. And maybe I haven't seen them. Maybe I'm not getting like the physical hug that you would from your guests before. And like, seriously, that was a thing. Like, guess what? Hug, you know, but I think being able to connect with people and help them like you're what's, what's amazing. Why it's a space race, because you're giving them their first normal experience and it's a normal with an asterisk, but you really are creating their first kind of normal experience. And so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a responsibility. And, and I think it's so important we look at it that way, but I think people are looking to connect. People are looking to feel a little bit normal. And each day when there's a new announcement or a new thing, you know, I think it allows them to feel that a little bit more. But just for them to get out of their houses, when you ask before who's coming, people that don't want to be in their house anymore. They've been like, they've been working at home for three months. And, and some of those guests like, well, 
we'll just order in room dining and we'll go for walks. We'll do whatever, but they just want to come enjoy. And so I think it is about connecting. I think it is about feeling normal, you know, a little bit, you know, so. Definitely. Yeah, I think, no, it, um, so I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, um, oh, yeah. the, uh, so what, what, what sort of advice do you have for, for those right now that are in the industry um, and like, as far as the steps back to work, because in essence, you're, you're kind of on the other side. You started, you started the process. Yeah. What advice do you have for those uh, in the industry that have still yet to come back? Yeah, I think, um, I think for them, it's about, you know, it, yeah, I think the biggest thing you can do is be engaged. There's things to learn. Like I think people have been doing that, but I think it's important to understand what the new normal is. And the new normal, when you actually look at the word normal, the word normal is about being typical or you can expect it. Well, our new normal then means it's change. That's what our new normal is. It's change. And every day it changes. Like, we'll have 100 reservations made a day. Well, our hotel can book 24,000 reservations a month. So 100 reservations is not going to – we can have 100, like 24,000 room nights a month. So it's going to take a long time to book, you know, 100 rooms a night. But I think for those that aren't working – it's about finding your ability to keep occupied, whether it's taking up golf for the summer or, you know, some kind of activity. I think for members of Look Door, they're lucky because they have an avenue. They have, uh, you know, a way to connect with others that's mm-hmm. there. But I think it's important to do find something to do. You can't watch Netflix anymore. You got to <laughs> shake that off. And Definitely. Get out there. You know? And certainly if you're in the Northern hemisphere, the plus side for, for us is that it's, it is uh summer. So I think with mm-hmm. that, if you're a little, you're encouraged and you're excited to be out a bit more. And um, I think just being outside is just, you know, it's going to make everybody just feel better about a lot of things. Um, so, well, it, so to wrap this up, just because of, you know, to just be mindful of the time and everything, um, what would you say? Just, how do you see the road to recovery being? Like, do you have do you have um, an idea what, as far as like what a timeline is or or any yeah, final? Yeah, I think I think um, I mean the one thing that we we have to acknowledge is that it's government mandated, right? So there's only so much control we have. So staycations are a thing, road trips, like all those things are really important. We have three, like four beautiful mountain properties within three of them within four hours drive from here. So that's something people can do. And look forward to uh, people are going to those resort towns. They want to get outside. City properties will take a little bit longer, you know, for road to recovery, especially you have to think of when groups can meet or even just a wedding, you know, and those can plan again. And then it's all about international travel. Like airlines are down like 90%, like 80%, like 85%. And so, you know, it's about air travel as that starts to come back. And as that happens, it's, that'll make a difference. Mm-hmm. I've heard, you know, talk that December is when international travel may start to come back and different things. But I also think, too, there's a point where I think people will come to peace with their own decisions. You may have some people that will never fly again. You have some people that, you know, may They're not want to travel because of this. Mm-hmm. You what, sorry? Yeah, you have people that are going to wait. And then you have other people yeah. that are like, I'm going tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, exactly. People can't wait to get out of there. Yeah. So I saw a guest yesterday from Florida and from the U.S. and he wants to come up in July and they just announced the border being closed maybe for another month. And, oh. and you know, and people, I think where we have to do, I think where I hope where it goes with the government is that, you know, allowing people the, the free 
ability to make choices. So for example, our airline's gonna fly it out of cities where the pandemic's still happening. They're not. So you're not gonna necessarily mm-hmm. be able to travel from there and go over the border, like just within North America between Canada and the US. And so as those things ease up, you'll see more travel, but it's the rest of the year, like if you get 40%, you're going to be doing great. Right. So next year, you know, summer, you know, will not be the seg where hundred percent won't necessarily be like that, but can it be a good, like 80, 90%, you know, so even say that, cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm not even thinking of next summer. We're not even there yet, but like, like let's, yeah. but you're right. But there, you, that has to be, that has to be thought of. Cause I look, I mean, we're going to get there and that's the whole thing. And, and that's also been kind of like the, my whole basis of, of all the content that I've been doing and the discussions I've been tra- having with people is like, look, travel will come back. Yeah. It's just going to be different. It might take longer or depending on on where you are and whether you have a large amount of domestic travelers, since, you know, obviously the international travel part is is far dicier. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we will get back to it. It's just it's going to be different, some temporary stark differences. But then, you know, I think there'll be some interesting things that will stay with us as we move forward. So. We'll yeah, you know, people wear masks, like people wear masks after czars in 2001 yep. that still they wear did. masks, right? So exactly. when that's happened, they're like, I already got my mask. I'm not, I'm good. But <laughs> I think it's about, uh, you know, it is a space race. There's countries now that are advertising, like Italy wants you to come to Italy. They yeah. don't want to stop you from coming. You know, there's uh, hotel groups in London, like the five major hotels in London, you know, are, are you know, going to the government, lobbying for them for, to not have quarantine restrictions and such. So staycations, you know, it's not just about staycation, it's about exploring things. Like I can never go to Jasper in the summer. Beautiful like place to go up there. It's too busy. Now I can. So take advantage of it. That's one thing I'll say is for people with a car, like road trips, even short flights, like take advantage of it. I picked someone up from the airport the other day, no problem flying. So anyways, it's an awesome opportunity to get out there. Um, to do it be safe though make decisions you're comfortable with you know but tourism will come back and it'll come back stronger than ever you know as it slowly builds up so patience is important but positivity as well we have to believe it is is. oh don thank you so much you just ended that on such a high note and i have to say i feel so excited and and i'm ready to get back out there myself but uh, i wanted to say thank you you have always had a special place in my heart i just adore you we've known each other for many years and we've met up in so many places around the world as we've been, we've been through congresses together, um, which are conferences uh, for the concierge community, for those that don't know. So, um, Don, thank you so much for this. Uh, and for everybody that's tuning in uh, at some point, whether you're in Canada and you can go now or in the future when you will be able to go back to Canada, you have to go to Banff, one of the most beautiful places in this world. You actually have to stay at the Fairmont Banff because it truly is a it's a castle. It is a That's castle. That's amazing. So thank, thank you so you much, so Sarah. Much. Appreciate John, it. We will be chatting more um, and totally looking forward to continuing the conversation and saying yes to travel. Yeah, I agree. I'm saying yes to travel. Let's do it. I come on to Banff this August. All right. Yes. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it. All the best.